Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Thanks Rob very much for that warm welcome. I'm back. I made it. And it's Wednesday guys. So we have a heart of the ocean. Today's heart of the ocean. We are joined by Jason from Filmography Podcast. Welcome Jason. Hi. How, how are you? I feel very at ease. So you got the Valium we sent you. <laughs> <laughs> Valium and a microphone. Uh, minute 113. Uh, in this minute, Jack gets locked in the Master at Arms office. So let's just jump right in there. We are at the Master at Arms. And I was thinking, this guy who's locking him up, we saw him earlier uh, during the uh, first Jack and Rose encounter. Um, second, I guess. But the first time they actually met each other. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And and I was thinking, like, he probably at that time, you know, when he first met Jack, he thought he was a rapist. He very much did. And with good reason at that point, because, you know, Rose on ex- top of her. On the yes. Deck. Yes. Because okay. <laughs> men are bad. Yeah. He had his Ro- shoes off. Yep. Rose's, yep. Rose's excuse wasn't great. And now he must be thinking, like, you know, they come back and he's got to lock him up. He's got to be like, I, yeah. Told you. Right? gut feeling um but he locks him up which is insane because the ship has crashed (laughs) yeah but uh, he may think it's it's just protocol yeah and he himself may not really know or realize that the ship is going to sink he might just have thought oh we're stopped for a little bit okay every time criminals behave when they think there's nothing to lose yeah, they get locked up again because they just got away with rape earlier, like Jack here. <laughs> like, it, it's just kind of like if you get stuck behind a train while you're driving and you have to sit a little longer, you just go, like, wild. Like, all the rules of society break down to you. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> because as far as this guy knows, all they've done is stop. They've just stopped for a little bit. Okay. All right, that's uh, fair. What do you think, Jason? Every everybody does seem in denial about why the ship's getting closer to the water. Well, they're, they're not nobody... in the Nile; they're in the Atlantic. Uh, <laughs> mute your mic. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's, Jesus. it's it's so it's getting easier to empathize with Joe. <laughs> it's a 195 episode journey, but you guys will all get there by the end and be on his side. It's a character arc. <laughs> I'm Jesse in Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Walt. I guess I guess I'm Saul. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have convinced me that, that it's fine and it's protocol. Do you know what I don't think is protocol though, guys? Handing the key to the dude with the revolver and walking away. This is just another example of uh just the privatization of the police force. The Pinkerton's coming in. Doing the yep. doing the dirty work that the police don't want to do. This is where the industrial prison complex started, right there. Right. Indeed. <laughs> One thing I'll say is this is a, the the sinking Titanic is a black site. <laughs> uh, in the commentary, Cameron mentions that 
uh, guns were very common on Titanic, uh, much like they are today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, everywhere. But uh, he said that numerous bodies that were found or located had uh, not bullet holes, but guns on their pr- on them. Well, in case the sharks attacked. I should have just had everyone shoot that iceberg as they're coming close. Maybe it would have broke apart. That's what they would do if they were mostly Americans. (laughs) Shoot it. It just, shoot her! (laughs) Well, yeah, it it would blow up like the end of Jaws. There's somehow a helium tank in it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. People left those hot dogs out there. Uh, (laughs) Smelly ice. what if... Uh, instead of a Colt 45 gun, Lovejoy had a Colt 45 malted beverage. <laughs> That's I thought, what I cracked open earlier this episode. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, what if he had a horse? A Colt. <laughs> and going down the Colt uh, 45 route, what if it was also Billy D. Williams? Yes. There we go. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, he. So, uh, the um, Master at Arms guy just hands just keys over to this guy this Colt 45 and now Lovejoy just sits there why what is he doing he's handcuffed to a pole on a sinking yeah. ship it's weird he wants uh, I, to, he wants to psychologically haze him he just yeah. wants to freak him out I also think I am not a firearms person but I think we can all agree that that's a really pretty ornate gun and I'm sure he just loves showing that thing off yeah that's a hand and he has right a captive there. audience literally that's true. Uh, there's a deleted scene where um, he takes off all of Jack's clothes clothes and poses with them. <laughs> and draws him. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, I mean, th- this is... <laughs> he's the kind of guy that would do that, though, because he's a bad person. Earlier, he wanted to shoot Jack. He's getting his just desserts now. Mm. He's like, yeah, now I got you. Just gonna. S- he was probably going to shoot him, and he was just taking his time. Do you think bullet on the table. It's what I do. Do you think maybe we talked about this earlier, but let's 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 bring it up again. Do you think Lovejoy ever believed Rose? What? Like do you think that uh do you think that Lovejoy thinks that obviously he didn't believe Rose that like her story that she told about Jack, but do you think she thought do you think Lovejoy thinks that Jack did assault her? Oh. Uh no, I think Lovejoy's pretty smart, and he knew that Rose was getting getting into shenanigans. I thought that you meant, do you think he thinks that, uh, that he, did he believe Rose about the heart of the ocean? I'm like, he put it in Jack's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, I think he's pretty smart. I think he knows. He's, again, he just... He doesn't speak up if it's not going to benefit him. He's what? there to do. He's there to do a job. Maybe get some bloodlust. I didn't want to have anything else. Oh, I have one more thing about this. Uh, about where we're at here. We're at the the purser's office, at the, the or no no. I'm sorry. We're at the master at arms office, but the steward says that uh, that you know that he has to get called to the purser's office. So that's where he goes. So. All I know about the purser's office is in the game Titanic Adventure Out of Time. Um, the uh, purser's office was a location you could go to 
and uh, you could use it to find out where, uh, like the the storylines of different characters in the game. It's sort of like an information hub. Huh. So. See, I thought that you said Bursar's office. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was transcripts. Yeah, he was applying <laughs> for an internship. <laughs> uh, fun story. Not a fun story. My freshman year in college, I because I was just I just was forgetful. I was late paying my tuition. And so when I went to finally pay it, I was ready to have to pay a late fee, but I didn't have to pay a late fee because of 9/11, the the deadline got pushed back a couple weeks. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> And that was the last time he forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so when yeah, whenever <laughs> whenever anyone says never forget, Rob's like, Oh, did I did I pay yeah. my bills? <laughs> <laughs> and I've never forgotten a bill since then either. That's true. Oh, that's that's good. Learned a lot. Um all right, so back on the bridge, uh uh one of the uh wireless operators who I think's last name is actually Bridge, uh Tells Captain Smith that the Carpathia responded, and she won't be there for four hours. Four hours! <laughs> oh, uh, God. <laughs> so, he said that she was going 17 knots, and so I was like, wow, how, how fast is 17 knots? I know we've done these uh, equations I've completely before. forgotten the tra- the yeah. scale, though. So, so uh, how fast do you think 17 knots? How many miles per hour do you think it is? I'll, I'll have all three of you guess, and then I'll tell you the answer. 40 miles an hour. Okay. You said 17. 17 right? knots. 15 miles per hour. Okay, Joe, what do you think? No idea. Okay. Uh, 19 and a half miles per hour. Ah, that's what oh, I was going to wow. say. <laughs> that seems uh, really slow. Right? That's what I was thinking. So it's 80 miles away. I mean, this makes this makes having something happen on your boat that you don't want to in the middle of the ocean even more horrifying because I would think like, oh, they're 80 miles away. Like that's not that far. That's four hours. Well, he did four say, hours. He <laughs> did make a point to say that's as fast as she could go, as in like he was expecting a why so slow. Response. Oh yeah. Okay. So nineteen not nineteen miles an hour. Maybe they slowed down so they wouldn't hit icebergs. Well, that could be it. They are up in like a you know where's a tons of ton of icebergs. I mean, that's a good point. So that's 456 miles a day if they're if the engines are going all the time. Yeah. Yeah, the top speed of the Titanic was 23 knots. And the uh most cruise ships travel about 21 to 24 knots per hour, modern day ones. High speed ones can go up to 30. And a battleship can go about 35.2 knots. Still not that fast ocean we have yet to conquer it nope above it or below um our our cruise it's almost as slow moving as this podcast (laughs) (laughs) are cruise ships bigger than titanic because those things are massive oh yeah yeah how much bigger um a lot how many tight how many titanics could fit on a disney ship uh, so even the Disney Dream Cruise ship is almost three times larger than the Titanic. Bang. In internal volume. So, so that's three. that's a little bit different, I guess. But I mean, that's uh, I mean, roughly three times bigger. That's 
Yeah, those ships are massive. So yeah, like twelve they, smokestacks. I don't. <laughs> they're not using smokestacks. How many boiler men are on the Disney cruise? <laughs> <laughs> they use dwarves. <laughs> so Captain Smith is blown away by this. Uh, this it, is when the shell shock really hits. Yeah, and he does do he does do a great job here of uh, of sort of just <laughs> a plus flop sweat. <laughs> he sort of does that little like it's like he's like you know fixing his beard <laughs> like with his i don't know it's the way he moves his his face after he gets that information is is pretty great um and then this minute ends uh on the deck as uh people are all dressed up and waiting for the lifeboats still doesn't seem to be much of a rush uh, I was thinking back uh, earlier this week. I asked about like how much would other lifeboats have helped, and the thing I didn't think of would be even if they hadn't gotten all the lifeboats, um, everyone in a lifeboat and out, they could have at least gotten all the lifeboats off the ship, and people could have swam to a lifeboat and gotten into it. That's true. So I think it would have made a, a a real a real big difference, actually. I think at the very least they could have started pulling wardrobe doors off of all the wardrobes and throwing them in the water. Oh, hmm. you think they would have had time to do that? Well, if they hadn't been in denial about the ship sinking, yeah, yeah, I think they could have got there. Uh, it's a good. Uh, it's actually, uh, you know, I guess later on we do find out how important these doors are. I think, or, I think uh, this segues nice into. I wanted to pitch you my first movie in the Titanic cinematic universe. If now's a good time. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so this is. The Rogue One version of explaining why only Rose could fit on the door, like the uh, exhaust vent on the Star Destroyer. Like, <laughs> okay. Fix, <laughs> All right, fix this okay. loophole with the first movie, right? All right, let's hear it. So, I, so it's not fully developed yet. I really only have the opening kind of pictured in my head, but basically we, we open with some dude alone in a computer lab. And you know, maybe he's a programmer or a video game designer and he's messing with some physics thing and he, and he drops a door in some virtual water, right? And he's playing around with it. And then he has a eureka moment. And he, the next thing he busts into his coworker's office like, you got to check this out. I think I solved it. Um, and this, of course, ties in with the unreliable narrator, Old Rose. And basically he's discovering the uh, that she didn't actually drop the heart of the ocean in there. And it's a big mystery and a treasure hunt later. But a lot of it has to do with them seeing that the door really couldn't have held two people for this reason because of like a secret hollow or something and so i think that's that's where we start off okay so it's hold on so it's a it's your movie idea let's just get this straight is a guy on a computer it takes place in modern (laughs) times so we're starting in 1990 let's say 98 this time so we'll keep it guy on a computer tries to figure out realizes that there might be a hole in the door He's doing physics simulations, yeah. Is and, it just one continuous shot of a guy on a computer? <laughs> You've seen the shot in the movie. For 90 minutes. <laughs> it could be. Is there any time travel in this movie? N- no. Okay. Is I mean, there, we can work that in later. It, how does the Borg gullet figure in to your Rogue One <laughs> yeah, scenario? Yes, Borg gullet in it. Please tell me Borg gullet is in it. <laughs> I, like I said, I hadn't I hadn't fleshed this out yet. It's just it's just the idea of of closing this plot hole that that everybody More fixates on. <laughs> Is it Forrest Whitaker who's on the computer? No, man, he's too old to be using a computer these days. 
Well, it would have been 98, though, so he would have been like 25. It would have been like, uh, <laughs> can he play that young? 25? <laughs> uh, Joe woke up. <laughs> Joe takes offense to force Whitaker. Our own personal board gullet just. Borgullet knows all. Joe gullet. You gotta Joe- lie to the Borgullet. <laughs> yeah, Joe gullet. I, I just looked up how old he is, and then I saw his spice. Uh, spice, jeez. His spouse's name is uh, Keisha Nash, and I thought it said Kevin Nash at first. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, he's married to Kevin Nash. Yeah, it's at first glance on the Wikipedia page, it does look like that. Doesn't oh, it? I'm married to Big Daddy Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this this minute, uh. This minute ends like you know I mentioned they're on the uh, on the deck and Captain Smith is just walking around like a zombie. Just <laughs> what if there were zombies on Titanic, guys? <laughs> Captain Smith is just he's he's running through scenarios in his head. He's like, all right, what if? No, that wouldn't work. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> he like pulls like three balloons out of his pocket and like oh, man, this would be mm, no the up, he's gonna try the opposite solution it does it does seem like that now you, you say that he's walked around just coming up with ideas that are all just, terrible just muttering to himself he, he does seem the it's kind like, of guy that would be like how can i not get in trouble for this it's like what if everyone goes to the other end of the boat and jumps really hard will that <laughs> will that write it it's like an elevator yes <laughs> <laughs> if you just jump right before it hits the ground, you'll survive. Everyone knows that about elevators. <laughs> um, you do you get that like point whatever seconds of zero gravity. Yeah, if you time it right, prove me wrong. It's like the Tower of Terror. Like, yeah, right? uh, Tower of Th- Terror. This was the real life Tower of Terror. That's what happens to Fabrizio. Oh yeah, that poor guy. Um. Does Disney own 20th Century Fox now? Yes. So could there be a Titanic ride in Disney World someday? Uh, yes. It would have to be one of those rides that... Could they retrofit It's a Small World into a Titanic ride somehow? It's already in the water, right? There you go. (laughs) I mean, they... It should be a crossover with the rescuers, and you try to save people (laughs) that are floating. Well, uh, I did find that image of you can rent uh, Titanic bouncy castle slides. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've people people in steerage have posted about uh, seeing it in real life, yeah. like going to like a kid's birthday party and there's like a Titanic bouncy house. Yep. <laughs> I think you go in and you can bounce and then you can go up on the slide. So, Jason, do you have a Titanic story for us? Your your first time seeing it. My first time seeing Titanic was a very special, memorable, memorable event in in my life. It was the first date I went on with my first ever girlfriend. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. She was, so this, we were freshmen, right? So this was 90, 97. I think we saw it in December. Okay. Um, 
so we had just turned well i had just turned 15 or was 14 or something the point was she she was a junior we were freshmen so you know old Whoa. woman right wow right? Yeah. listen to a big man on campus here yeah this, this is when i peaked so don't be too impressed so um <laughs> yeah so sh- we went to see titanic which obviously is the movie right mm-hmm. and i think flirting on the way back or at least attempting to uh 20 did, years ago did she drive since you were too young to yeah yeah she had to nice mm-hmm. did you pay her gas money at least uh no i don't i don't think i was that hip back then i hadn't started my part-time job at the pizza place well, yet. rob this think. was like gas was like 75 cents That's a true. gallon though. yeah it this... was actually like yeah like 99 cents a gallon yeah we yep. like we were never gonna run out of gas baby <laughs> it was all drill, cheap baby, and drill. easy ah the 90s but yeah um there was the, the I remember specifically one bit of flirtation involved asking each other whether we would go back and rescue the other if we were chained in a sinking ship. <laughs> a, a la, mm. well, oh, so that ties I... into this minute. So that's that's nice. But mm-hmm. um, of course, I said yes. I mean, I had known her for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so that seemed per- and we're still not together. Well, we're, no, never mind. Yeah, not together. So bad. <laughs> oh, uh, about this was uh, let's see. 85 years after the sinking of the Titanic is when this came out? Well, it had uh, been 84 years. 84 years? <laughs> depending oh, you're right, on, depending was... on if you saw it in 97 or 98. Yeah, but w- whatever. Continue. Yeah. Uh, we, we would say that enough time had passed where it wasn't weird to make the movie. Yes. yes. We've kind of skirted around this topic before. So is there a, a tragedy? If you could make a film out of any tragedy, 84, let's just say 85 years ago or previous which one would you want to make the movie about huh can i just say that none of us can say the challenger because that was how we got onto the challenger topic the last time yeah Yeah. i know so obviously that's not gonna work um i'm going to did you say within, within the last 85 years or or it has to be previous to that but i i am going let's just say 1940 or earlier and just make it nice and simple so um duff i'm I'm gonna choose the hindenburg for you i think you should make that movie Mm. wait thoughts on that uh i mean i love a good uh disaster movie Uh, did it happen too quickly to make good drama out of could you make it about the investigation afterwards i I suppose i i think more than enough time has passed for the hindenburg to be made into a dramatic story okay who who do you want directing your picture as the producer uh at this point um this is my real answer i i pretty much only want historical movies to be directed by paul greengrass because <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the few people who can actually do them well and they yeah. don't end, they don't end up just being stupid sap fest i can I can I bend the rules a little bit on my answer, Joe? That would be very on brand for you. Okay. <laughs> so I want to make mine, but, but by your rules, I'm not making it for another 64 years. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, so you're going to be almost as old as Clint Eastwood when you make it. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I I'm going to make a movie on Heaven's Gate. Mm. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Cause that's, yeah. Man, that's the second time that was referenced today. That's that funny. is a good one. That is wacky, 
they were trying to get on a UFO. <laughs> like, I want to see. I want to see the story of like those thirty-nine people who committed mass suicide to get onto a a comet, right? a UFO that was following the, the comet. Yeah. The UFO was following the comet. Yeah, it was hidden in the trail in the tail, as they do. Yeah, <laughs> smart. And they had a website too, so it's like early internet stuff too. So you could have the guy in the computer that Jason wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the sinking of the USS Maine, but what I'm going to do is um, be- develop a massive uh, cocaine habit I can't turn back from. <laughs> do a lot of acid when I'm not doing cocaine, and I'm going to go full Oliver Stone on the investigation into the sinking of the USS Maine. Okay. That's my movie. I don't know much about it. Well, Uh, that that is basically, it was sunk off the coast of Cuba. uh, And the, basically it's a good example of yellow journalism. And basically the newspapers kind of played it up saying the Spanish sank um, the ship. And that's what part of what got the United States into the Spanish American war. Oh. It, yeah, it, the it, it wasn't it. Uh, William Randolph Hearst was oh, a yeah, big baby. muckrayer, Hearst. and he he got the slogan going. Remember the Maine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay. so, I think yeah. it would be a great movie. It yeah. does sound like a good movie. Yeah, especially and, when I'm um, out of my mind on blow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jason. Can, can you can you do the the Joe Pesci voice? I'm bringing Joe Pesci out of retirement. It's an illusion wrapped in an enigma, man. Don't you get it, man? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I got one here. It's a prequel, so we're gonna wrap this into a prequel to okay. San Andreas about the <laughs> okay. about that, the 06. You know that wasn't a real thing, right? <laughs> San Andreas is still around. <laughs> you, well, hey, Star Wars wasn't a real thing, but we still made prequels to that. Well, okay. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. Let's let's rewind the tape a little bit. All right. San Andreas, you know, the rock, the, when the rock saves California from an earthquake in a helicopter. I didn't yeah, see it. I, that's I what it's it. about, though, right? Okay. Yeah. Paul okay. Giamatti's in it. So you're going to make a prequel to that? Yeah, about the 06 uh, San Francisco earthquake. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. And it can have uh, Rocky's uh, grandfather or something as the character. <laughs> Wait, what? There you go. We got to tie it. Not, not, not. That the, took a turn the, I was not expecting. No, not Boxer Rocky. The ro- Dwayne. The Rocky oh. the Moose. Ro- Rocky Mayavia. Or is Bullwinkle the Moose? No, Rocky Bull- was. Bullwinkle was the Moose. The supporting actor in this <laughs> <Right>? movie. <laughs> Has there ever been a movie about uh, Chernobyl? Oh, not. I believe it's been used as a catalyst for like horror movies and stuff. Yeah, there's been some and, sweet and there's video been games. There's a documentary about someone like going back there and. Exploring no, 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 none of this documentary it. stuff, Joe. <laughs> Sorry. There might have been a made-for-TV movie about it. The, yeah, I'm okay. Saying, it, yeah, the horror movie I was thinking of is called Chernobyl Diaries. It came uh, out uh, six years ago. All right, but I'm saying we get like a, a $200 million movie financed by major studios. There's big stars, big director about uh, Chernobyl. That's good. I like that. Yeah. All right, guys. Before we wrap this up, Jason, can you tell our listeners about your project, your podcast that you have out? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would love to do that. Thank you. It's called Filmography Podcast. It's a podcast about movies because we don't have enough of those. And 
you can check it out at uh, filmographypodcast.com or follow me at filmographypod on Twitter. Um, the Facebook status is in flux, but I can address that later. But yeah, we are discussing the filmography of Christopher Nolan currently. And when I say we, I mean I. What, ca- and what kind of host. losers would be on this podcast, Jason? <laughs> the best losers. Only the best losers are on my podcast. So I, I look forward to having Joe and Rob on episode three when we talk about insomnia. And, and Duff here was kind enough to. Uh, is inaugurate the right word? The inaugural episode. Yeah, yeah, that one. We did episode one together following, so that was uh, that was fun. But um, yeah, it should be a good time out by the time you hear this, certainly. So awesome at at filmography pod. All right, well, um, listeners, check that out. And Jason, thanks for coming on and talking uh, uh, disaster films with us. I guess it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, listeners, we will be back uh, tomorrow with Minute 114. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.